whatever one you were listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. I'm Pease Delores. I'm joined, of course, by the uh, seven candle adorning Terry Tam. Eight candles. Is it eight? I see seven in, in the view. There is I'm seven. I'm pretty sure it is seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but there's seven eight candles, nights. eight crazy nights. That's what it is. So I thought that. You know, I, you know, I just wanted to, you know, pay uh, respects to our Jewish friends, which is, I think we're in our fourth day of Hanukkah. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Happy Chinooka to them. Uh, for, <laughs> for those unaware, Smokey Robinson recorded a delightful, delightful uh, cameo where he's wishing, wishing someone happy Hanukkah, uh, not realizing uh, how it often can be spelled, and uh, kept on saying, I don't know what Chinooka is, but happy Chinooka to you. Hope you have a great one. Uh, my God, um, I never thought we'd be at a place where a cameo would be something people would like. Like, I don't know, like, would you want to get a generic message from a celebrity? No, you pick what you what the guy says. I've okay. done it for people. Really? <laughs> I did Mike Goldberg, the the UFC announcer, well, now mm-hmm. Bellator announcer, and he has a lot of catchphrases. He has one that says virtually identical, um, just like that, and, like, a few other ones. So I sent him a script, and he incorporated his catch lines in there. To my friend, to my two friends who look exactly alike, they're brothers, and he's like, "You guys are virtually identical." And then I told him to fuck Tamer, fuck Tamer at the end to go fuck your mother, and he says it. He's like, "Fuck Tamari, fuck Tamari, whatever it is, fuck something, boys." It was a really good clip. <laughs> Funny bucks. So, what we need to do uh, is every time I get upset with uh, our Alex the intern, instead of responding to him. I'll just send him a cameo with someone popular berating him. That's amazing because you can get some cheap ones like five bucks, ten bucks. Obviously, the bigger the star, the more expensive it is. Like Caitlyn Jenner was doing for like five thousand dollars on one point. Like, there's some crazy people on there. Floyd Mayweather's on it now. I mean, the there's only an thing esports is... team that got Johnny Sins to introduce their new coach. I saw <laughs> that. Hilarious. We talked. About I that. now know who yeah. Johnny Sins yeah. is. No, um, you always knew who he was. Now you know his name. Exactly. That's, I was going to say that. Yeah. Now I can associate a face to a name. Eagle. Whenever you need uh, a plumber or a firefighter or a teacher or a policeman, <laughs> you know who to call. Johnny Sins is your guy. Eagle, uh, while we're doing the show, if you can find me the lowest range of um, lowest range of cameo uh, celebrities, and we'll think of what it is we'd like him to tell Alex the intern. Uh, just keep launching them at us as we do the show. Do, do you mean yeah. price-wise? or yeah, price, like? Because yeah. I can get like F-list celebrities if you want. Yeah, but like it has to be someone who like is famous enough to be known, but not like famous enough that it's going to like be expensive. Because like, I don't want to spend money on Alex the Intern. So yeah. like a gospel singer? Yeah, sure. A name, a name that's been familiar. Even like like if someone was in a B movie or someone who had like a, a a moment of fame that we'd all remember. Or like an old fullback that nobody really cared about, but somehow yeah. he's on cameo. Something like. Okay, that. I can. I speaking can of, of those. which, speaking of which, Terry, did you know? Uh, and this isn't in our news because it broke literally uh, as we were writing the script. I was uh, just the reading Rental the article. Farrow died this morning. Yeah, I just read the article. Twenty years old. Twenty eight. Yeah, twenty eight and heart attack. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Uh, it's messed up. Um, he was my. Surprised they didn't blame COVID. Yeah, well, um, he he was my introduction to, f- to fantasy football. Like my first season that I played fantasy football was the season that like Ray Rice uh, 
was arrested for beating his wife in the elevator and fantasy football league then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been playing that long. I remember it specifically because uh, Duke's team name was Beats by Ray, um, and <laughs> and I remember like there's there's Sparty a guy every season. I think I think the season's guy's got to be like Savan Ahmed, like a guy who gets who gets to start late in the season, who like you're 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 just like putting all your fantasy hopes on. There was those two. There was Jarek McKinnon one year, and the other Minnesota running back who I can't remember. Um, but there's always these guys who like have like two or three weeks in the sun, and that's how I remember Lorenzo Taliaferro. He was my first um, season dealing with uh, situations in fantasy football where you need a guy. Yeah, exactly. uh, Asiata was the guy. Asiata was the other guy I was thinking of from from uh, Minnesota. But yeah, so tough to see his loss. Uh, but I was actually thinking about something else completely before uh, we got to the show. Uh, my wife and I have a. Um, a jar. We've got a whole bunch of Christmas movies in here. We've been making our way through them. Every night we pick one at random. She chose 10 movies. I chose 10 movies. And every uh, night we, we get together, we watch a Christmas consensus. movie. So what have you watched so far? Well, I was going to talk about one specifically. We, 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 we've had some some pretty good ones. Uh, we watched Edward Scissorhands the other day. Uh, we watched Elf. Uh, that one came Best. out. Yeah, Elf is up there. Elf is absolutely Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies. My girlfriend uh, says no, but whatever. What? Yeah, she says Elf sucks. Well, she doesn't like Will Ferrell. All right, well, she's wrong. She's uh, absolutely 10%, wrong. 10% of people in the world, there is, it's a thing, though. 10% of people in the world don't like Will Ferrell. And they're wrong. It's okay. It's, they're it's wrong. Fine. It's okay. It's very okay to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I was I was wrong about Kenyon Drake the fantasy season, for example. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, so, so I want to talk about the movie that, that, we've re- that you've rewatched. Christmas or otherwise. If it's Christmas, it's ideal. But bring up a movie that you rewatched, having such fun memories of when you were young, and then when you rewatch it as an adult, you're like, "Man, I shouldn't have done this." Uh, so the movie for us, uh, and my wife hadn't seen it yet, and I'm filibustering so you guys have a moment to think of your movies. Yeah, um, was absolutely Gremlins. We watched Gremlins. Uh, and is that the animated one? No, no, the the actual movie from the uh, the eighties. Um, oh, I never saw it, but I know what you're talking about. And uh, you know, don't feed them after midnight and such. I had such a fond memory of, of watching this, and I remember as a kid having the toys, both the cute ones, the, the little Baby Yoda type gremlins, and the, the the gross ones, and and like I remember saying the catchphrases forever: "Don't feed them after midnight, don't get them wet, so on and so forth." We rewatched it, and my God, it's I I had to I had to tell my wife I was like, "Yeah, it's not what I remembered. It's not exactly what I remembered. It was it was a sad moment for me." You always remember movies a lot differently when you're a kid, right? Yeah. Oh 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 oh. Don't do it. My battery, my battery might die. My battery. What's happening? My battery might die. We're in one job. Charge it. Very professional. Very professional. I don't even know if it was going to die or not. It just went, the screen went kind of dark. <laughs> so, so what's, yeah. what's that movie for you, Terry? Uh, a movie that represents that that's not as good now. It has to be a Christmas movie? No, I mean, it's ideal, but if not, it's okay. Okay, so let me let me go then while you're waiting. Um, You guys remember the 1992 film starring Robin Williams called Toys? Yeah, yeah, I remember Toys. So I remember watching this as a kid, thinking like, "Oh my god, this is like terrifying and also amazing at the same time, right?" Because spoilers, he's like his 
sister is a robot that their dad made for he has company at a toy factory and i was just like holy shit and then i watched it more recently and i'm like this film fucking sucks like it's <laughs> awful and i went to go look at the wikipedia page they won the razzie award for worst director and was a box office bomb so yeah i think i'm right as an adult yeah, I, I had that same experience with that, that movie, Two Eagle. I remembered it being awesome, and it was not. By the way, Good Guy Eagle putting out a spoiler alert for a movie that's 18 years old. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> that no one's going to watch because it's No, terrible. not 18, 28 years old. I'm oh, sorry, 28 years old. My mistake, my mistake. Yeah. There's Terry a lot Young. of – yeah, so for me, it was a movie uh, called You Got Served. You ever see that movie? You Got yes. Served? Yeah, I vaguely remember that. So You Got Served is like a dance competition movie? Yeah, so yeah, when yeah, I was in high school, college, I want to say. Yeah, when I was in high school, I loved that movie because it was my brother and I memorized all the dance moves. Nice. Yeah, all of them, and um, it was it was good back then. And then when I rewatched it later, I was like, oh, you know, it's on TV. I'll catch it. I'm like, this movie's pretty bad. Like, it's yeah. pretty awful. Like Steve Harvey took a paycheck on that, like a real nice paycheck on that one because that there was no effort in that movie in any way. The worst acting I've ever seen in my life. Did you uh, did you watch NFL football this weekend? I actually did not watch a lick of football this weekend. All right, were you any <laughs> influence at all this weekend? I know what happened, but no, I was not influenced at all this weekend. Uh, well, I, I have I have an NFL blitz. So Eagle, hit up that imaging. Here we go. Smoke weed every day. Smoke we can't hear it, so it's, it's, it's playing. All right. <laughs> Just don't worry. Just do your job. It played. Go. All right. So, NFL Blitz is a segment where, uh, while under the influence and watching NFL football, we have these incredible thoughts that come to us. Um, This week, I had one specifically. And I realized uh, I was watching the the, um, Cleveland Browns take on the the, the Ravens and what was probably the game game of the year, which we'll talk about once we get the news. But uh, I was watching the game. Great game. And I realized, man... You know, Baker Mayfield seems better with without having Odell Beckham. And, like, Odell Beckham's, like, this, like, incredible receiver. Like, the numbers he put up when he came to the league. And, like, he's still been good. He just hasn't been that explosive. And I realized the problem with their relationship is they never met my father, Pops, known for Pops' <laughs> picks. The reason why is uh, my dad has all these old-timey sayings because my dad is 70 years old, right? Because so he's he an old-timey these, guy. He's an old-timey guy. And, and so he has these old-timey sayings. And one of them was... He used to go to the bakery, and once in a while, um, he would, you know, he would always tell the the, the 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 young girl at the bakery, being like, "Hey, you know, you want to give me that baker's dozen?" Meaning, getting thirteen buns instead of twelve, right? <laughs> and so once in a while, they do it, and he would get when he would get home and get a baker's dozen, he'd be so happy. And so I realized Odell Beckham wears number thirteen. Yeah. Baker Mayfield never heard of the baker's dozen. Just put oh. it on 13. Right in the breadbasket, baby. That's what he's missing. He's missing some Cosmo Della Rocca in his life. That's the problem with Baker Mayfield and Odo Beckham Jr. And that the, was NFL Blitz. This is what you were thinking about when you were blitzed? Non-stop. All I could think about watching that game it was like, Baker's does it. Baker's does it. My wife walks in and I'm like, out of it. And she walks in she's like, you still watching the game? I was like, yeah, it's a, it's a great game. So okay, I'm going to bed and I'm like, Baker's does it. And she had no idea what I was talking about. Like, just remember it for tomorrow. Baker's Dozen. So the next day she's like, uh, Write it on the walls. You just kept saying Baker's Dozen last night, man. You should just start writing stuff on the walls when you're blitzed. 
Yeah, she would straight up murder me. Straight up murder my face. Guys, I've done a little bit of research while you were getting blitzed. Uh, we can get Ray Lewis on Cameo. He's $300, so no oh, thanks. Geez, we can get Brian rate. Billick, the winning coach of the Baltimore Ravens, for 150 so no thank you. But I think I found something that's going to work. Former Heisman Award winner, 2006, Troy Smith, drafted oh. by the Baltimore Ravens in the fifth round in the 2007 draft and then ended up playing for the Montreal Alouettes. He's $35 on Cameo. So there's a good one for Alex, the intern. That's pretty good. I, I like, look, if we, if we, if we want to splurge and get Ray Lewis, like, it is Christmas. It's a time of spending. Um, we get Ray Lewis to threaten to murder Alex, the intern. That's not bad. Um, we also, uh, what can we do with Troy Smith? What can, what can be the, the gimmick for Troy Smith? What can we have him say? I think we he, just have him just like, just like a series of jokes and just like mm -hmm. rail them off at Alex in Troy Smith way. Like do you man, just be you. Yeah. Just, just Troy it up, Troy it up, Troy it up and show us that Heisman trophy spirit. And, uh, let's see what you're made of. You know, he's a big, Apo Ravens apologize fan. for doing nothing. Apologize. Didn't he play for the Alouettes? He, he did. did. He did. Yeah. Not well, but he played. Okay, Eagle. Professional athlete. <laughs> He's a Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> How many Heisman Trophies have you won, eh? Uh, none, but neither Eagle of you. Eagle probably has like a Heisman Trophy for like nerd stuff, like the processing data entries and stuff. I don't know. I have won Employee of the Year multiple times. So. <laughs> that's that's the thing that Same they thing. do. Same thing. That's what they do. That instead of instead Although, of like giving you a raise, they just give you employee of the year. It's no, like they give you both. Like I give I give Alex the intern employee of the month once a month, just so we don't have to pay him. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> Eagle, get get um get three more ready before we go to rapid fire. But before all that, it's time for the news. Ah, Terry's the news. I did that last week with Duke as well. I called him Terry. Um, so Ravens Browns, you you didn't watch this game, but it was game of the year. Did you watch any of the highlights at all? I watched nothing of this game, but I was live. I was working right. It was Monday nighter, so I was live on um, on Twitter and I was watching whatever was going on there so like, i saw a few things but i didn't see the ending i didn't see how crazy it was i don't I, but everybody's talking about is like game of the year game of the century almost it was awesome like like there was you know under two minutes left and lamar jackson who had come out of the game maybe had to take a shit we don't know i'm gonna go ahead and say go ahead and say had to take a shit yeah look at the way he was running yeah i've i've, I've choked one up like that we're, we're like you let one go because you you think you have to fart but then you feel like the, 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 the head of the nugget just poke, poke its way out there. That's what that's what number eight was doing. He was holding in his number two. Also, um, he's like, it's a calf cramp. I've had calf cramps. I've had torn I've torn my calf, and I did not run with my my butt cheeks clenched. Yeah. You only do that. You only do that when you're when you're trying to keep the uh, the groundhog at bay. Um uh, he he came back, uh rolled his right, threw up a ball. Uh, for Mar Marky for uh, Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Brown finally makes a play of the season. It was awesome. It was just you know what that in itself would have been a great ending, but it gave Baker Mayfield some time. Baker Mayfield making throw after throw after throw, seventy five yards, uh, no timeouts, ends up hitting Kareem Hunt, 
who lunges into the end zone, touchdown, leaving time for the Ravens, however, to go upfield. And of course, Justin Tucker can kick a ball uh, into another universe, and that's what he does. And game over. It was I I I went to, I was when I saw Trace McSorley come in, I was like, I'm going to bed. I'm not watching Trace McSorley. Um, I woke up to like a flurry of messages, uh, you know, like 15 minutes later from our intern who's a uh, Ravens fan. I I then you know take the phone, start watching the game, and then I was so exhilarated by the ending, I couldn't sleep. So like I was falling asleep on the couch, get up, <laughs> go to bed. It's and always then like that. Up till four because I can't sleep because of how sick the ending was. Great it's game. always like that. You can't you 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 fall you pass out on the couch like okay I'm gonna go to bed. You go to bed and your eyes are wide awake. Especially after the you, you finish the game you're watching, you're falling asleep, whatever it is, then you can't go to bed after. You can't go for like two hours because somehow a game that happened thousands of miles away affected you. Yeah. It yeah, gave you energy. But that's the beauty of sport. And like we 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 make fun of sort of sports meetheads, right? Like we make fun of the over serious um coverage of sports, but we're also sports meatheads because mm-hmm. like we're up till four in the morning after a game that has zero yeah. impact on our life. They're not even teams we like or care about. <laughs> but like you're up after you're just you're done. Like that's what it is. Um, part of the reason why I watch Ravens games is so they can lose and we can make fun of Alex the intern. That's yeah, that's the only reason. Ninety nine percent of the reason why I'd watch a game. Um and like I will say though, for all the heat Baker Mayfield's taken this year, um he's had three straight games where they're basically playing in blizzards and like, he actually has these moments where he looks good. I don't... He, is he going to be sort of the next Ryan Tannehill where for, like, six years the fan base is like, is he good? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, if you ask me now if Ryan Tannehill's good as a Miami Dolphins fan, I can't tell you definitively if the player is a good football player or not. And that's what I feel like we're heading towards with, with Baker Mayfield. I think with Baker Mayfield is that he makes it so hard to like him. Mm-hmm. He makes it hard on himself. He makes it hard for media guys like us or... Like, I don't mind the guy. I don't mind the attitude and things like that. But, like, he's just – he complains when he, people talk about him. And then he complains when he doesn't get enough respect. So people don't talk about him. Yeah. And then he complains when they don't talk. So it just – it doesn't – he's just all over the place. He has this chip on his shoulder. He's an asshole. He's like an asshole. But I, I, like, I like assholes. Like, that's my thing. Like I, I don't like, mind assholes that much, but he's like an actual asshole. Like, there's different kinds of assholes. Like, Bill Belichick is an asshole, but he's like a likable asshole. Baker Mayfield yeah. is like, he's he's like uh, he thinks he's owed something, you know what I mean? And that's the pro- That's the part that people don't like about Baker. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he'll be a fine quarterback for his career. I don't see Super Bowls, but what the fuck do I know? I think he's gonna have success, good career, but nothing to what he thinks he's gonna achieve. Well, and he's also he's, he's one of those guys who plays in the NFL. Goals. You can clearly see loves football, right? Like, like you yeah, see when he scores himself. the touchdown, how much he yeah that too. But he just he gets so excited on things, and I think part of the the whole you know I, I don't get no respect type of act that he plays is so that he's always in the media, right? You're always talking about him. You're not talking about uh, Andy Dalton, for example, right? Because he's just he's been around longer, but nobody talks about him. But for some reason, <laughs> Baker Mayfield puts himself in the news. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that he was uh, he didn't he he didn't get a scholarship at first. He had to walk on, earn the rock, earn the spot. Then he had to leave the school to get a starter spot at, at another school at Oklahoma. So he's always had this chip on his shoulder to work hard. But then he got drafted first overall in the NFL. The chip is gone. Well, you see that too. But I remember that draft. I remember how many people criticized the Browns for for choosing Baker Mayfield over who I can't even remember was the other option that year. Like, wasn't it? Wasn't it Saquon Barkley? 
No, no, no. But I mean, of quarterbacks, like of. Uh, uh, I don't remember who the second best quarterback of that draft was, um, but like I remember, like a lot of people really coming down on them for that, and I can I can imagine how someone with that background also takes that to heart. Yeah, it was Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold, Sam Josh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. So I mean, they were pretty much right. Like it's between Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson. But I mean, like, Lamar Jackson, very few teams were, wanted to take him that early. Although, yeah. I remember I was saying he was my favorite player in any position of the draft that year. Yeah. Um, but, like, whatever. There were, there were question marks, so, so fine. But, you know, it ends up being between him and Josh Allen in reality, right? Like, of guys yeah. who realistically could have gone that early, uh, it ends up going between those two. And and had, had the Browns taken josh allen that early there would have been even more of a reaction yeah. to them you know passing up on sam darnold which seems to have been the right decision uh but you mentioned you mentioned how like the, the team is good how he's good but probably you don't see super bowls in the future i think the main reason for that is pat mahomes is gonna win all of them right like every single one it's uh, so kansas city beats the dolphins yeah, yeah i get it i've seen all the jokes i've been on twitter i get it i'm actually not even upset by the game um, they turned they turned over the the the, uh, the Chiefs four times, three interceptions to Patrick Mahomes. He had two coming into the game. Um, Tua looked all right. They, they, there was sort of a lull in the middle of the game where they allowed KC to get up thirty to ten because KC can do that at any point. It's like Golden State Warriors. Like yes, be happy with your your third quarter lead that's going to evaporate in six minutes. That's kind of what KC does in football. But then at that point, from the point it was 30 to 10, the Dolphins limited them to under 20 yards of offense and came and actually legitimately came back and had a fleeting hope to actually win that game. So I feel like both teams can come out of that game and be like, all right, that kind of is what we expected. We expected Mahomes to be great. He was he was bad by his standards, but great overall. We expected the, the Casey to win. They did. It was seven points. It was literally the spread of the game. And... Um, to it looked fine. You know, I think, I don't know, that's what I got from it. What were your impressions? The thing is, is that uh, as a Dolphins fan, you should be happy with the, the the way the game played out. Obviously not, you should be content, not happy. Obviously you guys lost. But there's, the thing is about the Dolphins is that nobody expected them to win this year. They knew that they have mm-hmm. a three, five-year window where they can build something to make a Super Bowl. And I've been on record, I've said it a hundred times, I think the Dolphins are going to be in the Super Bowl in three years and, like, around that era. Well, if, if, it, if they can get by home. Uh, well, yeah, that's the, the AFC. <laughs> but we have, to rely, we have to rely on something happening to the Chiefs. They're not going to be able to afford everybody. They just paid off Kelsey. So it's going to be Mahomes and Kelsey. They're probably going to lose uh, their, all their running backs. They might have to it's – gonna, it's going to be a little bit of a clusterfuck when it comes to salary cap for them. So they're, they're not going to be the, the, the Chiefs that we see today. But – they will always be a problem, but I Terry, do in think that, in that game, in the same game, in the same game that Mahomes throws three interceptions, he makes a throw off his back foot, forty yards downfield, over two it. two defensive backs into the hands of Tyreek Hill. Like, I what do you it. do with that? Like that throw is perfect. Is you can't do anything. But they were the Dolphins were so close. There's just that great one crazy play that happens, yeah. and the game is the game goes the other way. You know it's his forty points. Tua, Tua takes a sack at the end of the half, gets them out of field goal range, and then it, it turns out, and then like the Chiefs get the ball back where they wouldn't have if that didn't happen, 
and um, Tyreek runs this end around for a touchdown for like 40 yeah. yards. So, I mean, that's the thing is that Tua's going to know. That's the one play that changes the game. Well, Tua, Tua's going to know when he gets more experience. Just throw it, throw it away. Just throw it away. And that that's the thing is that the, I'm not worried about the Dolphins because of this game. They'll, they might not make the playoffs this year, but I do think that next year is going to be their year to make a real run for it. If Tua keeps on progressing the way he's progressing because he's looked good every single week, and I've been wrong about him. Um, there just seems to be teams that can't get kickers, and they're all in the NFC North except for the the Packers. Um, well, even even Mason Crosby had like a few years where he was like a little off, but they stuck with him, and they're like, "No, we're sticking with you. You're the guy." So is that what the Vikings are doing with Dan Bailey? <laughs> oh my God, man! I've I, so Dan Bailey with the Cowboys was really good, like mm-hmm. lights out, and then he was until he wasn't, which is like every. Every kicker in the NFL, you're good until you're not, and then you're done. And that's. But can you explain that, Terry? Because like, like nobody, it's mental. It's mental. nobody, like you see this sometimes with golfers, and you see this with 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 kickers. Like you don't really get the yips at the free throw line. Like you tend to shoot your percentage. Yeah. All the time, maybe in one specific, but nobody falls apart. Where like they're a great free throw shooter for three years, and then they're garbage the rest of their career. Yeah. But ha- to your point, this happens with kickers. I remember back in the day, Olindo Mari with the Dolphins. We remember uh, Cody Parkey uh, with the Bears. Gostowski. Uh, yeah, all these guys. And is it just that, like, as you get older, it's hard to kick a ball that far? Or is it It's just I it's mental? I really think it's mental. I really think that it, it gets in your head. Don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. Which is what you're gonna do when you keep on thinking that you know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I, kickers is it's such a mental game. Like we're gonna see Rodrigo Blankenship go on a go on like a, a a cold streak, and he's gonna get cut by the Colts, and he'll sign with the Vikings, and then do well, and the year after do shit. Like it's just it's it's this weird. We know what somebody should write a book on just kickers yeah. and the mentality and the and explain what the fuck is going on. And also in that book, I would like to know dick sizes because and i would like to know dick sizes relative to the percentage of their field goal of their their field goals because i think that there's a correlation there bigger the so, dick justin tucker better field goal, field goal I, I need a medical professional to weigh in on yes. the girth and size of these penises all right where's above. where's dr aquila where's dr eagle but yeah. don't you think it would actually interfere with your kicking motion? Like, what if you're like you're just there and everything? You look in the crowd, you see this, you know, bombshell, and now you go for your kick, and you're like, ah, oh, crap! Now you get a little bit of friction in your kicking motion. You whiff it a little to the left. You're like, God damn it, my dick's so big. No, because you can roll it up like a fruit roll up. I don't think you can. I'm not. I'm not. A doc- I'm not Doctor. Uh, <laughs> doctor Eagle, but I, I do think that's a possibility. I'm not a doctor, but I don't think you can roll up your dick like a fruit roll up. Maybe like a cinnamon roll, <laughs> but not like a fruit. Oh roll yeah, up. a cinnamon roll. Yeah, I can see a cinnamon roll. But yeah. I have a question too. Like, so if you if you have uh, the disposition where it hangs to one side, like like if it drifts to the left, do you oh, have man. to pull more? Doesn't everybody kick? have that? Well, some people it'll go the other way. Some people it goes more upwards. I don't know anybody that. That when straight the big hangs, it goes to the right or straight middle. I know everybody goes left. I, I know a straight shot. I know a straight shot. No, it, there's a little angle to the left. Well, is it, he, dude, I'm telling you, it's like an arrow. <laughs> is it Duke? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so if you, but let's say, so is that why kickers prefer like kicking from one side of the field? It's to to oppositely compensate for the uh, the dick placement. Is the ball placement oppositely corollary to the dick placement? Absolutely. I think if you if the if you're the bigger the dick, the more uh, to the outside your ball has to be. So to create that separation, you know, when your ball stick to the side of your leg, mm-hmm. 
and you kind of like you're but you can't put your hand in because you're in public to like loosen it up so you guys got to stretch out your leg a bit so like and then you slowly feel the skin detach you know from the side of yeah. your leg i, I think I, you I need that, that motion when to for the ball needs to be on the outside kind of like a fade in golf yeah it's a what you're describing is the scrotum lunge Scrotum lunge, exactly. Yeah, scrotum lunge is very important. It's an important technique every man needs to know. Uh, Jalen Hurts taking over the helm in Philadelphia. Um, and it looks like uh, Carson Wentz's uh, expensive scrotum will be on the bench for a while in Philadelphia. So do you think he got like a custom-made bench with all the money he had that he can sit on almost like a throne that he just brings around to all his games? Or I think Carson oh, Wentz is so like... oblivious to how much money he got paid. I think he's he's, he's the guy. He's like the airhead in the in the room. He's the the bimbo. I think. The crazy point. thing, though, Terry, is they haven't even started paying that contract. The extension starts after the season. It's crazy. And, and like like you can't blame them. At the time that he signed the contract, there was the injuries, sure, but like you I'm also he recovered. He was playing at an MVP caliber level at the time he signs the contract. I'm also not blaming him. I do think that he's a good quarterback. Quarterbacks have. Uh, slumps. He's having a really long one, but I I can't blame Wentz because we've seen him do well. So it's not like we don't know he can do it. I think coaching comes is a huge factor. There's huge factor. But you don't think they gambled on that contract? Like at the time he signed the extension, how much experience did he actually have? A little over a season, and that included the injury, right? But that's but yeah. but Eagles. So like, there's two types of contracts. One two is there's two types of contracts. One where you're paying for past past uh, success. So the gamble is that you think that they can live up to what they did in their past, which if someone's a bit older, that's harder to justify. Or they're doing what you want them to do. Like you're saying, listen, the GM and coach are supposed to be visionaries. Tell us if you think this guy is the future and put your money where your mouth is. And they did with Carson Wentz. And um, it just didn't pay out. And I, I don't think anyone did anything wrong. To Terry's point, I don't think it's... Like the guy threw for 5,000 yards last year, right? So like... He has ability. He just – it looks to me like he just simply forgot how to play the game of football. Three quarterbacks drafted in the first round that year. You know who they were? Goff, Wentz. Third um, one. I don't, I don't remember the third one. Denver. Drew Locke? No. Drew no, Locke was, was like a third-round uh, pick. Six foot seven. Tim Tebow. No, Paxton no. Lynch. Paxton Lynch, that's it. Too tall. Too tall, too tall, too tall. You can't. Too tall. Either be your a tight end or don't play football. Yeah. Like, you know, or be... become a point guard. <laughs> <laughs> at six seven. Yeah. Well, that's what they are now. Ben Simmons is six nine. Um, but yeah. That's so I think I think there's a lot of like. So I think Peterson, he's got to get out of his own way. He, yeah, I get it. You're a smart guy. You're designing all these pretty plays. Your quarterback can't execute them. Um, Jalen Hurts. I think is a fine guy to bring in for a couple of weeks. He's like the next Ryan Fitzpatrick or next Nick Foles who can win you a couple of games, but I don't see it. Like, I don't know. Like, really? Yeah. I didn't watch that game, so I can't tell everyone's you. Everyone's but... fawning over him, and I was like, he threw to open receivers. They simplified the playbook. I don't know why they didn't do that with Wentz. They had it to <laughs> imagine, Miles Sanders. Imagine I don't know why Wentz, they didn't do that with Wentz. Imagine Wentz is like, he's asking guys, you know, like, maybe we should simplify it a bit, start getting some juice going, whatever. They're like, no, no, the offense works. Jalen Hurts comes in, they're like, okay, we're going to simplify the offense right now. Like, How stupid does Wentz feel right now? How dumb does he feel? At this point, like, uh, he must have gone to the locker room and punched the wall. Like, It's the thing yeah. I've been saying. And like, he's been throwing to, to like, a patchwork group of receivers forever in that city. Like, How do you or, not improve that? 
How do you not improve that? I don't they know. Have, a lot of they, stuff. Have, they haven't gone out and got a receiver. They need to because I can't even name you their, their top three receivers. Well, Jalen Rager was drafted. Alshon Jeffrey played this week, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> So Ertz, was Ertz was hurt this year, so he's not 100% as a you know, standard bailout. And defenses are adapting and just double-teaming him anyways, right? Yeah. So you they don't have, have a bailout they have, option. They have Dallas Goddard there, but he was yeah. injured. Whoever their tight end is, the defenses are just building a triangle over it. Like, it's a high-low with a double-team, yeah. and they're doing that constantly. So you, you can't throw there. That's going to be an inter- interception if you throw into three guys because they're not they, worried about even, running the ball. And guess what he leads in this year? Interception. <laughs> yeah. Interceptions and sacks because he's always looking there and it's never open. It's never open. They're telling him, "Look at Ertz, look at Ertz, look at Ertz, look at Goddard, look at Goddard." But at the end of the day, if they're covered, he's still going to throw it there. And that's the problem is that he's not being coached properly. We can take like if if let's say Sam Darnold was drafted first overall back to our the previous draft. If let's say Sam Darnold was drafted first overall, and then Baker Mayfield was drafted by the Jets, we'd be talking about them the exact same way. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think we'd say Baker Mayfield was would be shit because he'd be under Gase. He would have probably already gotten Gase fired anyway. Well, well I was going to say the difference is Baker Mayfield got there, saw he wasn't going to do anything with Hugh Jackson, and Hugh Jackson was gone. Hugh like, Jackson, I, by the way, is sixty dollars on cameo if we want to get him. Oh, although it might be disappointing. <laughs> no, you know what? He's got he's got some color. He's got he's got some like he's good. Uh, he's funny when he wants to be. I think what Eagles meant, though, is disappointing in that the results might not be what you paid for, like oh. his coaching career. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a risk. Speaking imagine, of- imagine you're such a bad coach that nobody wants to pay you for a cameo. No, just imagine we do it for Alex the intern. He's like, hey, Andy, the uh, identity. <laughs> he just fucks up the name entirely. <laughs> That'd be good. That'd be good. Hey, Andy, the pastry chef. The, the Falcons and Chargers found a way to end the game in the most Falcon Chargers way. They traded picks three times at the end of the game. And this is at the end of a game where Anthony Lynn butchered the end of the half where he ran the football and then the team had no timeouts and then they tried to run the uh, the kicking team out there and time expired before the kicking team could set up. This is a one week after Anthony Lynn decided that he was going to take charge of special teams. I said earlier in the year that I think he survives just because, you know, the, the rookie quarterback thing of like, hey, listen, we, we made a lot of good strides, but it's a rookie quarterback. He's got to learn. There's not a way Anthony Lynn survives this season, right? Mm, I think he will. Re- after after I think he will. not even knowing that you can't run the ball with no timeouts. There's a lot of politics that play into this decision if they fire him. And I think that's why they're going to keep him around for one more year. Well, at least very short leash like Freddie Kitchens was. Very short leash. Well, Freddie Kitchens didn't last past the season because his offense was a joke. That's what I'm saying. But like he's on a short leash just like Freddie Kitchens was where as the first mistake you make, you're out. Like that's pretty much what it is. Which pretty much what it should have been with McCarthy, but is so well McCarthy has this uh he's known for being this genius, right? So that's why he uh, he's still the coach of the Cowboys. Anthony Lynn, listen, nobody's talking about him as as if he's this offensive guru, right? He's made a lot of mistakes. Time management mistakes, a lot of mistakes. I think that with a young group like that, he can he can have some success in that division. But I just don't see it going forward, like in the long haul. And that's the question that they have to ask themselves: Do we see Anthony Lynn bringing Justin Herbert to to beat the Chiefs in the division? And the answer is no. So 
I don't or know if maybe gonna, the plan is he's good for his development, but not good for necessarily winning. And they know in the short term they're not going to have a competitive team to be able to do that. So take your Lakings, lose a couple seasons, but build up all that experience, and then make a run later on with another coach. Uh, maybe that's. I mean, all these ideas are pl- very, very plausible. All these ideas are very realistic, but t- realistically, no, it's not. I have the best scenario. I have the best scenario. I think uh, the Chargers hire Raheem Morris. I think the Falcons hire Anthony Lynn. And we watch this exact game play out the exact same <laughs> way next season in Week 13. How's that? I don't know how Raheem Morris snuck his way to a head coaching job again. It was it was an interesting game. And watching the interceptions made me laugh. Because, like, the two quarterbacks are too good to be making the mistakes, right? Like, like Justin Herbert looks special. Matt Ryan has been very good for a long time, and yet they're just throwing the ball into the chests of opponents because they don't know what's going on in their own teams. It does. It, it's this. I, I I watch football this year, and sometimes I'm I'm flabbergasted that these guys are professionals. But what the hell do I know? Obviously, like Matt Ryan is good. He's had like he's had these fucking games where he looks amazing, and then he has. What we saw last week where it's like, where are you throwing it? And we talked about it a few weeks ago. You lose your power in your arm. And you might think the play is there, but it's not there. Tom Brady's lost it. I mean, well, Tom, not Tom Brady's lost it. He's still fucking he's still oh, he 30 Tom touchdowns Brady this year already. Throw, his numbers throwing deep outside the numbers is not great. But, but he's also accurate. thrown 30 touchdowns already this year. That's yeah, but it's, but it's – I think that what happened with Tom Brady is uh, maybe five or six years ago he realized – Oh, this is where my body's at now. Yeah. I'm going to commit myself to getting as much out of it as possible, yeah. and I'm going to make the throws I know I can still make, yeah. and not force throws I can't make. And he's so smart and so good at, at placing the ball that defenses can try to adapt, and they do try to adapt. They leave the outside streaks open, and he doesn't force the ball there unless the guy's really completely open. And it, it, that's just that just goes to how good he is. Most guys aren't that. There's an ego that comes into play. Guys are like, I can still make that throw. Trust me, I can still make that throw. And we, again, I remember the first time I saw it was in Dan Marino aging. And we're seeing it with a lot of guys. And you're right, it might be Matt Ryan. Because, dude, 18 months ago, he had his foot on the throat of the the Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots. And they lost that game. So, you know, up to talking. We're talking about Dan Quinn, Kyle Shanahan, and we're talking about Matt Ryan very differently if that game continues the way it was going. We're Until... still talk about Kyle Shanahan the same way, just because he left. <laughs> exactly. No, but like, what was it, 28 to 3? And he took a sack, took him out of field goal range, threw it on third and 10, didn't run the clock down. Like, it was this whole weird clock management thing that they just fucked around with. They just had to run the ball straight three times, gain zero yards, lose zero yards, kick a field goal, game over. <laughs> game over pretty much. And and they were running the ball well that game too. Yeah, We're yeah. not going to talk about the Super Bowl three years ago. No, we'll talk about the one this year. Uh, it looks as though the NFL is exploring having vaccinated frontline workers being the only ones allowed in the stadium. Um, I saw this. And I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little jaded. It just felt like to me is like, this is the NFL doing the minimum they can do for public relations. They had a season where players have been continuously exposed. I talked about it last week. I might have even talked about it the week you were on, Terry, where I was like, the NFL's actually been a reminder of COVID instead of a break from COVID the way the yeah. NFL, the NBA and Major League Baseball were. Uh, this is, to me, them doing the minimum amount to get positive press. 
it is the minimum amount. It's a it's a good thing. We're just going to see a bunch of nurses with half frozen faces. You know what I mean on uh, <laughs> in the stands, and it's it's just yeah, whatever. I mean, this is just a publicity stunt for them. If it works out, it works out. I'm happy for that. At least you know it it shows some respect to the frontline workers and stuff, which you know we want to do. But it's just another publicity stunt for the NFL. It's not. It's not, they were going to do this regardless. You know, announcing it like this is. It's just the way. It's just Roger Goodell trying to score points so he stays, so he keeps his job and makes forty million dollars a year. It kind of, it kind of reminds me of uh, a couple of weeks ago we talked about Dave Chappelle taking HBO and and Netflix to charge, saying like, you know, you're putting out the show that has my name and I'm not being paid for it. Yeah. Um, and and both HBO and uh, Netflix are being praised for removing the show from from the catalog. HBO took it off too. They did as well. They did it yesterday. Ah oh, man, I wanted to watch it. I, you know, I started watching on HBO, and they just, I guess... Ah. You know what they could have done instead? They could have just paid him. Paid him, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's literally doing the minimum amount, and that's what this feels like. You could just invest money to frontline workers and, and you know, have them paid more or, or pay their overtime or do something else. Like, if you really want to do something, do something that's actually meaningful instead of just a PR stunt. But whatever, it's not a bad thing either, but no, it is what it is. it's a PR stunt. It is what it is. The NBA on Christmas is back. Um... I'm hopeful of the NBA just because of how well they handled it last time around. And the Christmas would feel weird without having the NBA on. Maybe it's just my my super fandom coming into play, but I feel like the NBA on Christmas um, just makes helps it feel more like Christmas. And um, I I think generally the season should start at the end of December rather than October when it typically does. And oh, you want it like if like going forward. I want opening tip-off to be Christmas Day from now on. With a shorter season? No, same season. Go into the summer. You can't dry, You can't. You can't work into the summer because everybody's gone. You're, you're, there's no money to be made in, in TV. In TV, in the summer. Um, well, I mean, so there's there's uh, there there's been debates about that. Um, okay. The people who are pro this. The thing is, is that uh, you're going up against other sports in the winter. Yeah. Whereas you go like it would be terrible for the Major League Baseball because anybody who's watching Major League Baseball are now out if the NBA is happening at the same time, right? If the yeah. NBA playoffs is happening at the same time as Major League regular season, you're not capturing the market at that time. And then the Major League playoffs happens when the NFL returns, so they lose market share there. It would be bad for them, but I don't think it affects the TV market in the way because people can watch games on their phones. They take their their network packages with them right in the age of digital streaming so you can yeah, be on vacation and still watch the game but you're not but the thing is that you're, you're hoping is that you could be but when they're in the winter everybody's stationary at home that's why numbers uh, in the winter are through the roof that's why but the nba playoffs are already in like like june. late like yeah like early june know, april june april may june right so uh wait what's first yeah it's basketball first before hockey or is it after it happens around the same time as hockey but yeah but hockey, there's one that starts hockey and basketball how can i put this generally the people who watch those sports don't look the same and therefore um they don't typically compete with each other yeah exactly that's why it's not an issue They're yeah two very different markets we're not talking and about honestly, nba I, like, versus as NFL. a fan as a sort of a crossover fan i love the nhl playoffs <laughs> is up there with the best of sporting events. It just oh. that's where you get actual surprises. It's the best version of hockey by far. And I love being able to flip back and forth, especially early rounds where you have like early games and late games and you're watching both 
like I'll have one screen on like a hockey game, another screen on an NBA game. It's awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. I've always um, said that, that. The, the NHL playoffs is the second best tournament in sports after March Madness. Like it's, I say the Masters, March Madness, and then... you know what? I'm a big yeah, after this season's this year's Masters. Uh, I'm throwing it in there too. I was never like I got really got into golf this year, but I never really sat down to watch the Masters and I actually did this year. And I went back and I watched the final round of the last three Masters too, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy tournament for sure, crazy. Um, I think the show found uh, its new spirit animal, because uh, James Harden put on some weight. But if if he can, if I don't he think he did because I saw a, a video of him practicing and he looked thin. It's just that one picture that people posted. He so he he it's not the one picture looks terrible, right? Yeah. He he did put on a little bit of weight. He's never been like the six pack ripped. Yeah. He's the only NBA player who doesn't take his shirt off at at the drop of a dime. So you know, you know he's hiding a bit of chunk. Uh, but like, you know, looking at me and you, Terry, and even like Alex, the intern, and Eagles seen some thinner days. Duke seems to seen some thinner days. If we can get a chubster running the NBA like James Harden, um, that's exciting for me. That like that's that's really like his game is boring, but he's the best scorer in the league, and now he's fat. Give me all of that. Well, Give like me what's TV. his. Who's Brady. the only? Go ahead. Who's the only fat guy that actually had some success? Is a big baby Davis? Who was a, a, Charles Barkley? Charles Barkley? No, he wasn't chunky when he played. He was thin. He was when chunky when he played. Yeah, similar. Like he wasn't fat. Shaq, was, I guess, but Shaq. he was like seven Shaq at the feet. end. Oh, what Miami was that? Heat, what, Miami oh, Heat. Shaq was kind of chunky. Yeah. What was that Canadian guy that played for Vancouver? Or was he Canadian? Big country. Oh, but he was not Canadian. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uses his name. He was he a was chunky, chunky guy too. Yeah. There was, I like that era of big men that were a little like got a little chunk to him, you know. Yeah, I uh, like that era. but this is a guard, and he's <laughs> he's still and he still gets to the basket and he still gets fouled and he can still pull up from anywhere and hit a three. Yeah. Like it's it's incredible. Um, he's been linked with a few trade rumors. The most recent one that's being reported on, and, and um, I had mentioned, and I think this actually got a little bit more likely with Giannis signing the supermax. Um, because the Heat are not going to save money now to sign Giannis at the end of the season. They now want to make a move. I think uh, the, the Five Reasons Sports Podcast talked about it. They're, my, they're not like super inside, but they are based in Miami, and they've gotten um, a lot of this information right in the past because just by being in the city and talking to people in the city. Um, so apparently the, 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 what's stopping the trade from happening is uh, the piece that the Rockets absolutely want is Tyler Hero. And the piece that the Heat don't necessarily want to throw in is Tyler Hero. But now that Giannis is off the market, I don't see them not pulling the trigger because of Tyler Hero. Because Hero's great, but you have a chance to get an MVP now and win in the next five years. Whereas if Hero takes five years to develop, your window with Jimmy Butler is gone. Our Miami beat writer would hate this trade because he loves Tyler Hero. Look, I like the guy too, but... yeah. Anytime you could trade, and, and basketball does this where, like, you have this these teams that kind of overachieve, and you're like, yes, I'm in love with this team, but you need stars to win the NBA. It's always been the case, and Tyler Hero may become that. The, the Heat value him the same way they said that they see him as being Devin Booker or better. That's a quote out of out of the Heat organization. I don't remember if it was Spolstra or Riley, but one of them uh, said that, and and. I can see it in terms of the way they play the game. Um, but one is you're hoping that a guy can become that. And the other thing is 
a guy who you know is going to be in for the rest of his career in the MVP discussion for the next, let's say, five to eight years. Oh, man. It's such a tough trade because are you willing to hemorrhage? But that's the thing is, like, people are like, oh, no, he's the future of the team. But James Harden's not 45 years old. He's 31. He's good for another, like you said, four or five years, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe not MVP. I mean, he's not going to be scoring 35 points a game when he's 35. I mean, that's yeah, but realistic. If but if he's scoring 26 at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what still, I mean? Like, still good. And I think that if you're looking at how close they were to winning a championship last year, you don't think Harden gives them that extra edge? Absolutely. But does, the, Harden, does Harden play well with Jimmy Butler? So here's the thing. I, that's another thing people talk about is, well, but will he fit the Miami Heat culture? But if the Miami Heat culture is a real thing, wouldn't it be that they can transform anyone, right? Like, so that's if you're banking on culture, that means that you could look. They did it with Shaq, right? Shaq came in and he, he, you know, Dwayne Wade carried his corpse at the end, absolutely. But uh, they won a championship with a guy who wasn't reputed to work hard. They yeah. got Hassan. They got a, a ton of Hassan Whiteside, who basically is a fringe NBA player at this point. They got Dion Waiters to not be fat for a season. Um, <laughs> And like so, like Waiters is what Harden is. If Waiters was insanely talented, right? Like, take they, take this though. Where, the person. where has James Harden played his career? He's played OKC with with the big three. Then yeah. he played in Houston, where he was the guy, and he was able to shoot from whatever he wants. Miami he, Spolcher doesn't play that style of basketball. It's, no. He doesn't play that perimeter style. So it's going to be a change for Harden for sure. The first year is going to be bad, I think. Well, the first yeah. half of the season is going to be bad, at least. And then, but if you if you get into the playoffs and you're the the, the six seed, let's say, like they proved it this year, they they were they were the five seed and yeah. made a run to the playoffs. Like if you have the pieces, it doesn't matter how you get to the play. Just get to the playoffs, and then if you have the talent, well, they'll they'll get in, right? They're not gonna. It's like who's gonna who's gonna pass them? Washington's gonna be better than them, no, no. just because they have Russell Westbrook now. Like I don't know. And and on the flip side, if you look at that trade with Houston, I like that trade with Houston because John Wall. I, was, I almost called him Paul Wall. John Wall and Tyler Hero would be a nice one-two punch, and they would yeah. play that style, you know? Well, and, and they would probably have Goran Dragic, and they would yeah, have exactly. uh, Duncan Robinson. Like, like Miami's going to have to empty out the vault if they yeah, want of James Harden. It's so not going to just be a, a two first-round picks and a hero. It's going to be a few guys. Yeah. Well, you need to make the money work. So guys like Olenek would have to be involved. And Olenek and Goran have to be in the trade just to make the money work, period. But those are usable players that just played in the NBA Finals. Um, exactly. Giannis signed the Supermax, but I don't think um, it means necessarily that he's staying. He might still work his way towards getting a trade at some point if things don't work his way. Because the way it works in the NBA, Terry, is um, the only way you can get the, the Supermax is if you sign with the team that drafted you. But he might use this in a couple of years to be like a sign and trade of like, hey, I give you another year or two, but now I want to go to a contender. I want to go he- play in this market. He's he's gonna ask for a trade, not ask for a trade. I think they're gonna trade him because they're not gonna be able to afford him in a couple of years. They're well, be like, they we need to save the money. Team, the way the cap works is any team can afford to pay him. It's just whether or not that that player in the NBA, you never want to have a guy who doesn't want to be there because then they'll make it public that they don't want to be there, and you, you don't have as much trade value, right? So yeah, exactly. That's kind of how the trades work. So uh, I don't see him playing all five years in Milwaukee. Does that? Do, do I seem out of like off base here? Or? No, not at all. I don't think he, I. I didn't think that he would. I didn't think he was going to last uh, second year. I think he'll finish this year and then get traded in the off season. Um, 
honestly, there's a trade isn't off the table at any point of this season either. I think no. if the price is right, I mean, if the price is right, they'll they'll go for it. Why not? If if the Houston Rockets want to do a swap, I mean, well, that that's that's a yeah. trade that will work because it's two super maxes, right? So yeah, but can... what's the why would you give up Giannis for James Harden at this point? Well, if 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 Giannis is saying I don't want to stay, and it, like they could be doing this behind it, like. But like James Harden didn't put Bucks on his list, so, and yeah. I think if he, if he did, it would only be if Yanni was there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which, which kind of defeats over. So that shit will never happen. And then where else? Where else can he go? I mean, there's a lot of places in the West that he can go. But I think he's he's happy in Milwaukee. But I do think that they're they'll most likely trade him. I don't think he's going to finish his career in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um. So we talked a little bit about how the NFL. Uh, is dealing with situations relating to COVID-19. And I think that's a particular case because um, it is, you know, they're, they're pro athletes, and we've talked about this before. The NCAA has a couple of specific situations, both in football and in basketball, that um, I don't know how they can continue calling this amateurism when you see Al Blades Jr., son of basically the Blades family, or NFL royalty, having Benny Blades and his brother play in the NFL. Um, he is suffering from myocarditis, which is the inflammation of the heart, which is a not a common side effect, but is a possible side effect of uh, COVID-19. And then Keontae Johnson, a uh, Florida basketball player, collapses on the court and until this morning was in a medically induced coma. Um, Keontae Johnson tested positive for uh, COVID-19 and one of the things I keep seeing, Terry, about this in the, in the comment sections and stuff is people saying, well, we don't know if it's because of COVID. But isn't the problem that we don't know and that allowing athletes, specifically student athletes, to, to perform, um, it kind of becomes human testing at this point. And I, I feel gross. And I love <laughs> college basketball. I love college football. I feel gross watching it in this situation. I, I And I... Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's maybe I'm a softie or whatever. And but I also, th- I also think it's this way: it's that that's their job. Well, not the not the college players. No, it's, I mean, but technically it is because you're working towards getting the money. But you're, you know what but I mean? you're doing. But like, you might not ever get the money, and part of the reason might be because you played for free. But if you don't play, you won't get the money. Just because, just because the situation, like the market created this this um unfair system to begin with because all over europe and soccer guys aren't being recruited to play through their colleges education is education and athletics is athletics i agree but this is the infrastructure we have now but this is their job application right Terry? no i'm not saying i'm not saying it is i'm not saying it is i'm That's saying not, is that this is the infrastructure we have now the infrastructure is these players keontae johnson it's sad it is very sad but if he wants to make it to the NBA, he's going to have to play these games. So, but what you're saying is, or else he doesn't make. Want to have a chance to play pro basketball? You need to put yourself at risk and put yourself in a coma no, during what I'm, time. What, I, what I'm saying is, is that you, you and I, and Eagle and Duke and Alex the intern and John and Will, we all have jobs, okay? Correct. And. We're we're allowed to work. Like we're told, you can work. You can work from home or whatever. His job does not require him to work from home. His job needs to be in the office on the court. That's his job. Okay, 
And his job, regardless if he's getting paid or not, his job is because he eventually wants to go to the NBA. So why are we taking that right away from him? If he w- chooses to play, I'm not then saying, that's, that's his call. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying that this season above all should be where players should have been remunerated for their efforts because of the oh, fact yeah, that, I agree. I agree. Uh, like, you're right, it's a job. So let's stop saying it's not a job. Well, we the, already it's give the blame never first for this job. We already give them free education fees. So I mean, then pay the coaches a free education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pay, pay like the, the commissioner of the pack. Why is the commissioner of the Pac-10 making five point three million dollars? Like, what have you commissioned? Like, why why don't we why don't we give him some history classes and say like here's your here's your payment because it's this is an amateur league, right? So, and statement, we're not going to pay you twenty million dollars this year. What we're going to do is you can you can take some econ two hundred one classes and let yeah. you know. How it goes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, it, it just it seems like a bizarre argument where you then pay Nick Saban ten million dollars a year, yeah. you know. Uh, and then whatever they're paying him outside of his contract, on top of well, that. Well, I, I always make the joke, but he's sponsored by Coca-Cola. His press gra- press conference has Coca-Cola in the background. He's the only person that sees that money. And and Keontae Johnson is not allowed to get sponsorship for from Coca-Cola for the thing he does. But his coach can get the sponsorship for the things he does on the court. Exactly. That makes no sense to me. Um, look. I, I'm, a, I'm a hypocrite because I'm still watching these games, Terry. You're still watching these games. We're still gambling on these games. We're making money off of college football in a good week. Um, but I did not make just, any money this week. Well, this season's been a shit show. It's not been a great season for, for gambling for sure. Um, but I just, you know, just something to think about at the very least. Um, and we'll think about it as we head into break. No, no break. Uh, no well, break. Oh, we, we don't know if we're dropping a interview into this part okay so pick an interview uh chad jeter from the saskatchewan rough riders or matthew bergeron from the syracuse orange you'll hear one of those (laughs) next this show is brought to you by mike's bbq rub home of the best rubs in town and la sauce barbecue sauce peas just like Rubbercraft, I can't resist a good rubdown, and Mike's Barbecue Sauce is the best rubdown in town. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off, and don't forget to rub your meat peas. We are pleased to have on an absolute legend at six foot four, 312 pounds. He came, he became the starting right tackle for the Syracuse University football team as a freshman, first of its kind. He was the number one, he was the number two overall Canadian prospect, according to ESPN, coming out of Tedford Sejep, Papier. Uh, oh, and did I mention he was a pro football focused second team All American? Please welcome Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse University. How's it going, buddy? It's good. I'm good. Thank you. How about you? I'm good, man. Thanks for asking. I mean, I'm glad you came on, gave us a chance to talk to you. I know there's a few Canadian boys on your team, so we reached out mm-hmm. to a couple of you guys. You were the, the first person to come back to us. Uh, how's your season been going, man? I know the season's pretty much over now. Uh, give me, tell me the experience you guys had this year. You guys had some big games this year, some big opponents. What was it like? Yeah, so it was it was a rough season. I'm not gonna lie to you. We had like uh, our record was one and nine, uh, but I feel like this year I gained a lot of experience and. Uh, we we got an extra year of eligibility, so like I just took this year off to get better technique and stuff. So we had we had like like you said we played we played Clemson uh, over there. It was it was a great experience. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, good opponents. You know, in our future NFL drafts. You know, five stars coming out of high school, and then we played Notre Dame. Same thing. A lot of 
prospect. So, man, it was good for me. And I think I did well, so I'm happy. I mean, everything I read about you guys, uh, Syracuse, is you guys are a super young team that eventually you guys are going to you guys are going to blow up. And um, I've, I played football at Vanier and I remember Syracuse was always at our practices recruiting and they were always at our yeah. games recruiting other kids from Quebec. What was it like the recruiting process coming to Syracuse, uh, going to Syracuse, coming from Quebec? So I, unlike some uh, other uh, Quebecers on the team, so uh, uh, I got recruited. So I, I um, with Tedford, I went down to a camp. So nobody knew me. I was I was a no name. I just went down for fun for a camp. My coaches took me down there and all that. And like I just surprised all the coaches, and then they start like getting info. They'll start talking to my mom and stuff like, "Who's this kid?" No, 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 no. Like, at the end of the practice, they, they, they sent me down. They said, oh, we're going to call you next week. I think we're going to offer you now. And then, like, during the practice, I was doing one-on-ones, and then Buffalo just offered me out of nowhere. They, they said, Matthew, oh, we're going to offer you now. I was like, whoa. I just came down here, you know what I'm saying, for fun. I wasn't even supposed to go at, at first. You know, it, it was crazy. And then when I got back home, some, some teams started, like, uh, texting me and stuff. So, it was crazy, but when when Syracuse offered me, I didn't even wait because it's close to home, so it was easy for my family to come down and see me playing the dome. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially in the dome, it's, even if if you're anywhere north of, let's say, uh, I don't know, like Chicago, it, it gets pretty cold, right? So it's like, yeah. So it's good <laughs> that your family's gonna be like, oh, it's okay, mm-hmm. it's a dome, it's not that bad, you know? So. Yeah. But Carrier Stadium is, is pretty is pretty uh, interesting because it's not. It's not. It's one of the few um, Division One schools that plays in a dome, and yeah. it's crazy to be there and see like the orange fans, and and it was just probably tough this year. Right? You guys didn't really have a lot of a lot of fans, right? Oh, uh, we didn't have. Uh, so we played at some school where they have fans, mm-hmm. and when we played at home, we didn't. We weren't allowed to have no fans, so it was it was kind of tough. But like even for basketball games, like, I like I like to go to see the uh, basketball game because I got a couple of friends on the team. And it, it's just it's just crazy, like the the dome atmosphere is just different. Like. Yeah, it takes it takes everything away from it, right? Especially with mm-hmm. the fans, because the fans when you're in the dome, like everybody talks about how like you know the Saints, how their fans are like uh, how it's like a, almost like a, a twelfth man out there, you know, playing with a playing in a stadium yeah. because it's so loud. And you yeah. kind of take that aspect away from Syracuse. Not that that was the reason why you guys did mm-hmm. well this year. I think it's more mm-hmm. just because you guys are in that four year, you guys are in that 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 circle where. Um, that rotation where in the for every four years you're probably gonna have a year where it's not gonna be too good because you're recruiting you're recruiting younger guys so i mean i like syracuse i've always been i've always been infatuated by syracuse because i knew a couple of guys that went there when i was playing football and um the uniforms man the uniforms are sick for me <laughs> I yeah, love the, the new, so so my first year they, they changed it so like my like my first my freshman year last year we, we played with new uniforms i think they're better than the past ones uh, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, just the all orange is, is really sick. So yeah. you're so you're from uh, Montreal. You moved to Victoriaville. You played at Tedford, CJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I played at Vanier. I never heard of Tedford until mm-hmm. until like maybe I, I did, four years ago. I did. I did heard like so my like out of high school. I had like I had a lot of people talking from D one to D three. I had a lot of a lot of school interests and. I don't know, like, it's just, like, Tedford, the, the relation I had with the coaches and, like, what they wanted to do with the school, like, the vision of the school. And even, like, when I went down there for a visit, like, like the principal, like, everybody just, the whole, like, they had teachers for me, all that. I just felt like it was it was my, it was my place. And I had a lot of friends down there, too. So I just said, I might just go 
and change your culture over there. That's good. Instead man. of going to a D1 school where you got already you you already got a bunch of talent and you just want to win a championship. I just wanted to when I went to Thetford, I wanted to change like the whole culture of the school. And I think yeah. I did, you know what I'm saying? I opened the door for uh, college football for Thetford, so I think. You did um I mean, and, and like I said, I only heard about it for years. I'm 34, so my CJP years mm-hmm. were 12 years ago, you know, 14 years ago. So, I mean, when I heard of Tedford a few years ago, because I'm involved in the uh, in prep school recruiting for hockey, and when yeah. I was looking into CJPs, doing a, a combine for CJPs and stuff, I'd come mm-hmm. across Tedford, and I never heard about it. And, you know, just hearing it slowly, slowly, and then I hear, oh, there's a kid that went to Syracuse from Tedford, and then I see that you're the first one to get a D1 mm-hmm. offer. You know, it must be big for that school to get a kid to go, yeah. to go D1. Yeah, it, it was big. So everybody was proud of me. And, like, I keep going back there, you know what I'm saying, talk to the coaches. I stay in touch with the school. And, you know what I'm saying? I really like my um, like my, my, my two years down there. So so now the I, season's over? Yeah. Now the season's over, what are you doing? You're training? Did you start training already? Or who are you training so, with? So the uh, season was over Saturday. And I just – I'm taking a week off right now to get my body rest up and all that. And I'm going to start uh, training uh, next week. And who are you training with? In I'm, I'm training, no, I'm I'm training by myself here. I, yeah. I got some stuff by myself here, and uh, they they sent me um, they sent me uh, how do you call it? A training sheet, yeah. Oh, your program, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah um, and you're in Montreal, or are you in uh, you back in Victoriaville? I'm in Victoriaville right now. Okay, okay. So you're training, yeah. but it's true. It's tough. Eh? You can't really train with anybody, but as long as you stay focused, right? And I think that that's the mm-hmm. most important thing. And I, I mean, I've seen it happen a bunch of times where kids just go, go to, with they, they're basically learning how to be an adult on their own when they get these D1 offers. And it's like you got to stay focused. And it's so easy to get wrapped up in you know the fun and you know and mm-hmm. uh, Twitch and all these things and yeah. and having fun. But the reality is, is that you wouldn't have those things if you didn't have this opportunity. And uh, I think that a lot of kids miss those opportunities, but it looks like you're handling it well, man. It looks like you're handling it well. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to stay, uh, I'm just trying to stay humble, but yeah, like in a, you're talking about what I bench? Yeah. What do you bench? Oh, my fault. My fault. <laughs> uh, like, so my PR three times, I, I bench 355. Oh, for real? I would have thought it was yeah. more. No. Cause you know, last year I didn't have a real off season cause it's mm-hmm. like, cause of the virus. And I, I wasn't with the freshmen uh, working out because I was a starter as a freshman. So, like, I was just – I was just training with the guys that already like, squat 700 pounds and shit. And I, I'm just a freshman, you know. It's crazy how to see somebody mm-hmm. lift crazy amounts of weight. Like, I remember mm-hmm. I, seen, I seen a kid play, bench 415, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. How mm-hmm. – like, th- that person's able to lift that much weight from their back. And uh, – It's crazy. So, I was, just, I was just a little kid with, with, with all these big guys. And I was, you know, uh, going to the off season. We got sent home, and the the the, the summer workouts that weren't normal. Like so, it wasn't a. I didn't have a big off season, but I'm I'm focused on the next one next uh, next semester. So that's I'm good. Go all in and get stronger. And your semester starts when? Uh, January twenty fifth. January twenty fifth. Yeah. And so, so Syracuse, you guys had to travel a lot. You guys went to Notre Dame. You guys went to South Bend. I mean, I think that's probably the most iconic football stadium in yeah, in the States. So, I mean, well, I mean, in the world, at least the American football stadium. What was it like going against Book and, you know, seeing those guys? Uh, do it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. Like, seeing guys like, um, like, 
two years ago, I was just I was just sitting here watching the national championship with all my friends and <laughs> like I, I watched college football like it was the NFL. Like we didn't have you know what I'm saying, but right now playing against these guys is just crazy. And like I really appreciate it, you know what I'm saying, being able to play at this level and seeing guys like Ian Book, future future stars in the NFL and Trevor Lawrence, Travis E. and a lot of respect for these guys. And um just seeing Ian Book like <laughs> Scrambling out of the park and just making stuff—it it was just crazy. Like even I watched that game. Like, yeah, he was just—he went off, and he, I think he set a record, right? Thirty win as a starter. Yeah, you know what I'm a lot of respect for that. I watched that game. It was the same night as um, there was fights on that night. I was going back and yeah. forth, and uh, I watched that 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 game, and I was like, man, but that's what that's why I what I really like about Syracuse is that, I mean, you can talk about Culpepper you can give me a little rundown on him, but for the realistic, realistically, I do think that you guys have like a lot of future talent on this team. And it'd be yeah, interesting exactly. to see what you guys can do in the big East because the big East right now is kind of like on a makeover. Mm-hmm. So like um, the year they went 10 and three, they had like a bunch of seniors that year, guys that played when they were young and stuff. So I think that's what's happening right now. We got to, they all left that year. And then we just got a bun- bunch of uh, young guys that came in, you know what I'm saying? Got down on the field a little early, and right now we're just getting experience. But when our uh, junior year and senior year come by, we're gonna be we're gonna be a hell of a team. And you know what I'm saying? We gave we gave a challenge to teams like Clemson and uh, the Notre Dame game. I was I was even surprised. Like I was like, man, we really uh, with them guys, but we had a, a couple of mistakes that cost us the game. Are you uh, naturally a right tackle, or did they move you there? So I started. Um, I started the season as a right tackle coming off my uh, my freshman year, but then I did dude game. I, I was doing good and stuff, and the coaches just thought I was I'll be I'll, I'll be good at left. So I, I switched. I left at the dude game, and I, I uh, stayed there for the whole season. I think it's gonna be my spot for uh, the next few years. Left tackle is a big money spot too, you know, and it's <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm trying to work on. <laughs> I mean, all the power to you, man. So mm-hmm. I mean, you said you're from Montreal. I don't know when you moved, but mm-hmm. Oh, we'll ask you this is like, I'm, we're huge. I don't know if you ever seen the show. We're huge on food and we love food. And, you know, every time we have, we've had a few offensive linemen on and we've had a few CFLers on and we always ask them what their post game meal is, where the best poutine is and what's the best road meal you've had so far. So, uh, road meal I had was down at Clemson. I forgot the name. Uh, I forgot the name. It's a, it's it's really a little spot. It's a little like a dining spot. And my, it's always the little is, spots that are the best ones. Yeah. <laughs> Big portions for cheap <laughs> wings, burgers, all that. And uh poutine, obviously Victoriaville is like so there's this debate between Drummondville and Victoriaville, like who invented the poutine and like so I, I live in Victoria, so I'll say it's Victoria, but, <laughs> but like the, the poutine is just better like down here than compared to cities like Quebec or Montreal. Oh, for real? So my, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I got a so challenge on this one. Man. Yeah. So I, I be taking my friends from Montreal down here, like in Victoria, and they, like, <laughs> they say it's the best. And like it, down down in, uh, in the United States, there's some, there's some places that call poutine disco fries. Disco fries? So, and they put cheese on yeah, there? So, yeah. So I got... I got <laughs> I got to fight with them. I'm like, nah, don't call that. You just go prize and you and me. It's poutine, bro. Yeah, you can't fuck around with that. You can't, you can't, you can't take a name and just change it because you feel like changing it. What the hell kind of a name is Disco Fries anyway? That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck, bro? 
But yeah, so <laughs> I, had, I had a couple of arguments. With my uh, uh, so the quarterback Tommy DeVito, he's from Jersey, and they called it disco fries. And one time we went to eat in Syracuse, and I saw poutine on the menu, and he didn't know what it was. I was like, bro, it's it's uh, French fries, uh, gravy, and cheese curds. He said, no, that's disco fries. I said, get out of here. Get the fuck out. <laughs> of course, of course, with a name like Tommy DeVito, he's from New Jersey, mm-hmm. though, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so where? So what's your post game meal then? Like, what's your number? Your go-to uh, po- po- post game meal? Uh, there's a mall in Syracuse. It's it's a place called uh, Johnny Rockets. Oh, but they got uh, yeah. So they got uh, burgers, French fries, and I always got to take the milkshake. I'm a big I'm a big milkshake guy. Strawberry milkshake always. Oh yeah, I think you and I are gonna get along great. Man. Mm-hmm. So we had um, I don't know if you're if you if you're a fan of the CFL or not, but we've had a few. Uh, CFLers on and we're kind of trying to get like uh, uh, what I want to do is I want to do like a mini combine so we had Renee Paredes on he's a kicker and I want to see I'm going to test my kicking skills versus his, him, his kicking skills now I played a little, <laughs> I, I played D-line at, I played D-line at Vanny I was mm-hmm. garbage I rolled the bench but mm-hmm. I re- I'm convinced that I will be able to get by you so <laughs> no I don't think it's going to happen a lot of guys tried this year <laughs> I know I can I saw surprise for real I saw so if we're we're, we're probably going to be getting together and doing like a little mini combine with like a, some videos and stuff and doing a joke about I it I got you yeah good you're done I got you hey, man uh it was it's great man I appreciate you coming on I appreciate you taking the time um good luck with your training good luck with the Thank next you. season you guys have a good thing going man i really do i really do think that and it's not because you're on but I, as i watched a couple of games this year because not much else to watch you know and i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't always a, f- a huge ncaa guy like i follow it you know like i know mm-hmm. i can carry conversations and stuff but yeah i was i was a big east i used to watch the big east lock because one of my best friends went to yukon he's a four-year starter there at center and he um when he was there, we used to go to all the games. And the one game I missed was Syracuse. We, a bunch of my friends went to Syracuse and watched the game. And that was the one game I, I always missed. And I always had a thing with Syracuse because, of the, like I told you before, the uniforms, even the basketball team. I was a fan of them back in the day with Carmelo Anthony. And, um, mm-hmm. and it's close to home, too. So it's easy. That's it. It's close, right? So for me, it was always like I had that little that thing. So I, every time I see Syracuse on TV, I, I always watch. And I watched the Notre Dame game this year. And it was mm-hmm. – I, I think you guys have a good thing going, man. I really do. And I uh, wish you all the best. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. That was Matthew Bergeron uh, on Hot Sauce Sports. Appreciate appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Again, good luck with the rest of the season. Um, we'll talk soon. All right, bro. We'll stay in touch. This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town and last sauce, barbecue sauce, peas. Absolutely. They will get you satisfied in 12 seconds or less, just like Rick Pitino at that restaurant. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off. And peas, don't forget to rub your meat. It's time for Rapid Fire. What a reading interview. That was awesome. Uh, our first topic for rapid fire, pearly white lies. Rob Gronkowski and Floyd Mayweather are being sued for their involvement in a campaign for a company that produced LED powered teeth whitening strips. Well, what's wrong with the teeth whitening strips? They don't work. They don't, they don't, they don't work. Here's some of the claims from the lawsuit that I found to be particularly funny. Oh, is it the mouth guard you yeah. put in with the lights? Conor McGregor exactly. was sponsored by them too. Yeah, it was full of shit from the beginning. Well, so... One of the claims that, that that's in the lawsuit is they claim that it's uh, they won a whole bunch of awards, but if you go look up the awards, they didn't win any of them. It says that they um, they've been recommended in over two hundred countries, 
but there aren't 200 countries in the world. So that was funny. But then, like, I feel like, I get it. They lied to you. But if you thought that Christmas lights would make your, your, your teeth shine and that Rob Gronkowski and Floyd Mayweather were trustworthy when it came to selling you things, it's kind of on you. It's like that chick who spilled coffee on herself and then sued McDonald's because her coffee was hot. <laughs> it's like... It's like ordering spicy food and then suing the restaurant for ordering for, for being too spicy. Yeah, suing them for your bloody asshole, exactly. <laughs> All right, next. Drive-by water balloons. Jake Paul's Instagram account shows he's only following Dylan Dennis's girlfriend and a video surfaced showing him riding in the back of a pickup and throwing water balloons and I think some trash too, actually, uh, yeah, while like driving by, of which to show that he was tough, he hung around until Dennis started chasing after him, which he said, okay, okay, let's roll out, let's roll out fast. So a few things here is that, yeah, okay, he looked like a, he looked like a bitch by running away, but he's he can make like 25 to $50 million fighting Dylan Dennis for real so why fight him on the street that i understand but it just the optics of it looks bad two is that he also followed conor mcgregor's wife so he follows two people it's d devlin two well yeah d devlin with conor mcgregor's wife and sav montano who's he's his ex-girlfriend and dylan dennis's new girlfriend so there's like a little background story there and they've the thing about that dylan dennis he's been going after both paul brothers for a couple years now on twitter and stuff and they've been having like a beef but i think they i think they secretly like each other like I don't think there's a hate there. I think they know how to use each other for 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 fame. Look, I think I think the Pauls uh, when they fight real fighters, especially at level of Dylan Dennis, or apparently he's wanted Jake Pauls wanted to fight Conor McGregor as well. Um, they're gonna lose those fights, but um, they're gonna win the internet, right? That the Pauls that's they exactly. made their career on the internet, so stuff like this will go that's... viral, and it's gonna force fights to happen. So I don't I don't blame him for I don't like the Pauls. I think they're annoying, just like yeah. everyone else. I can't wait to see him get knocked the fuck out. But in the meantime, I can't blame him for 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 being on his hustle, man. He's trying to make he's trying to make money while he can. Why not? Go for it. I don't think Dylan Dennis is as easy as a fight. For, I don't think it's an easy fight for Dylan Dennis. I think that Dylan Dennis is he's a jujitsu guy, and he's just got into the fight game. So I don't know how good his hands are. He, they're decent. They're good. But Jake Paul just does boxing. So if you take the boxing, I think that it's a, actually almost an even fight. And I and I, I'm a Dylan Dennis fan. Yeah. Next. I agree. Next, St. Nickelodeon. The NFL has scheduled games on Nickelodeon, and apparently to make it more, I guess, Nickelodeon-themed, they're going to digitally superimpose slime in the end zones, and players will have googly guys on them in uh, during replays. So, yeah, this is actual football, apparently. Is this real? Yes, it's real. That's why I'm like, this makes no fucking sense. What? Well, first of all, I was surprised Nickelodeon still exists as a network, and how did they get NFL games? Well, I think I Disney Plus. I think Disney owns Nickelodeon, or oh, NBC. Own, okay. I think NBC might own Nickelodeon, actually. Well, so here's the thing. I, I actually don't hate it, because it's just a game, so who it's cares? Stupid. The slime is not actually on the field. The it's just a waste of time. It's a waste of time. I mean, I guess, will you enjoy it less, because there's slime? I won't. It'll just I'm not going to watch the game on Nickelodeon, so I'm not even going to see it. That's a good point, actually, because we don't get Nickelodeon in Canada. So, where's the topic, Eagle? Come on. All right. They're always watching you. Uh, the Texans violate the NFL COVID protocol with at least six players gathering at the opening of Deshaun Watson's new cheesesteak restaurant. Um, oh. Bubble time, question mark again, finds what's going to happen here. Um, 
I was just curious about why they're going to an opening for a cheesesteak restaurant. Like, that's like going to an opening of a hot dog stand. Like, do you really need six of your friends to be... Isn't that going to fill up the entire restaurant? It's just a cheesesteak place. I mean, like, they can just go later and get themselves a cheesesteak. I don't understand like, what's cheesesteak the big is a Philly cheesesteak, right? It's like a sub. Yeah, it's a sandwich. It's not a steak with cheese on it. Correct. Oh, I mean, it is steak with a cheese-like substance poured on it. Mean, cheese whiz. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it contains uh, no cheese. I mean, I don't hate that they went. I mean, you want to support your friend, but I think that they're going to have to pay some consequences if they get if they all got but sick. You know the rules, and like the, the NFL, we've seen NFL teams continuously violate these rules, and then all of these uh, players need to sit out, and it's, it, it, we see games rescheduled. And I'm tired of watching Wednesday. Yeah, night. It's, the Texans, it's the Texans. Do your thing. Do what you have to do. To get to the game, please. I actually I'm, like I actually like that sometimes we'll get a Tuesday night game or a Wednesday night game. It's it's just been it's it's exhausting, Terry, when you're trying to put a show together. Yeah, that I can. <laughs> Who throw the shoe? Florida loses in surprise fashion to LSU after Marco Wilson was penalized for throwing his opponent's shoe downfield. LSU would then kick a game winner six plays later, and there goes the ball game. So I joined uh, in play live. I joined their circle. And uh, one of the bets uh, was Florida minus 23. And I took that one, and I guess it didn't work out. No, it did not. <laughs> um, and and not because he threw the shoe, because that game was too close for you to win Absolutely. that bet anyway. Uh, look, I'm. this may surprise you, or it may not. I saw it, and I laughed, and I enjoyed it. And then he got penalized for, you know, uh, what's it called? In sportsman-like conduct. I'm like, man, he threw a shoe. It's not a big deal. No one was in danger. <laughs> like, I guess it's delay a game, too, because the guy's got to go get his shoe. Just I, I just picture this instead of happening in college where you have millions of people working there. Imagine it happens in high school, and the guy whose shoe got thrown has to limp over one foot with some spikes on, the other one in just his sock. He has to sadly go get his shoe after getting tackled. But I guess it all worked out because they got the penalty. And Mokon must be pissed as a Florida Gators fan. <laughs> I guess. Which means, I mean, which means really I haven't. Bad for a guy throwing a shoe is my. Which point. means I haven't sent him enough through showing uh, shoe th- shoe throwing memes yet. So I will start today. Absolutely. Well, uh, Terry, unlike last week, my stomach is doing great. I don't need to run off to take a shit in the middle of the outro. Um, Eagle, thank you for signing off for me last week. It was excellent. Um, definitely visual comedy for those who watch the show. It was it was funny to hear as well. Um, I don't know what was wrong with me. I had a terrible night that night after that. Uh, something did not agree with me, but thank you for filling in. Thank you for Duke for filling in that week as well. Um, Terry, man, you've been awesome. It's been great to have the show, uh, have you back on the show again. Um, and we got one more before Christmas. Uh, so let's get that done. Looking forward to it. Um, and um, I don't know what else to say. So, Eagle, end the show. Awkward. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. They heard your voice do the thingy again. Nice. We did the thing. We really should figure out a proper... Oh, also, yes. Follow, subscribe, watch us. Do all those things. That's the thing I keep forgetting to say. Bye. <laughs>